This is episode 568 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, How Many Magazines Are Enough? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode. This article comes to us from SurvivalSullivan.com. And so let's go ahead and jump right into it. Again, the title is, How Many Magazines Are Enough? Now for preppers that rely on guns for defense and game-getting purposes... Magazines are second only to ammo in importance when stocking must-have supplies to keep them firing, at least for guns that use detachable magazines. It is not uncommon to see preppers have dozens, even hundreds of magazines stashed ready for the fateful day that everything goes south. Conversely, I know plenty of preppers who have a few magazines for each gun they have, maybe, and that is only if the guns take a unique magazine. Did they miss the memo or is stashing hundreds of magazines a bit too far in the weeds for practicality's sake? It is a topic worth discussing. No one wants to be caught low or empty, but only a few kinds of magazines are really cheap enough to buy in bulk without regret, and even those cost accrue quickly enough. Is it better to spend your money on other things, or should you accumulate enough magazines to last you to the end be a worthy goal on your prepping checklist? In this article, I'll try to determine just that and give you some considerations to help you decide how many magazines you need to feel secure. Some concerns are practical, others are not, but all of them are important. So crack open a box of rounds, start stuffing, and let's get to it. For a firearm that uses them, the importance of magazines is paramount, being an essential component of the firearm itself. Without a magazine in place, any firearm, no matter how awesome its other attributes, is little better than a slow-loading single shotgun and may be worse than that since they were designed to load from a magazine in the first place. Aside from basic function, spare magazines are essential to keeping the gun in action. A damaged or defective magazine is the most common cause of malfunction in a semi or full-auto firearm, so trashing a known bad mag means you'll need a replacement handy. Consider also that the party cannot continue when the gun is empty, and no one has time to jam mags when you need to be shooting. The obvious course of action is to quickly exchange the spent magazine for a loaded one. So magazines are a crucial component for firearms, and most and most other essential parts, magazines in general, are considered disposable, no matter how well made they are. They simply wear out from use. Add in hard training cycles, plenty of dry practice, and intense firing schedules, and you might be surprised at how quickly a formerly reliable magazine starts acting up. For that reason, it pays to have plenty of spares. For the most common firearms that fit squarely in the world-class category, think ARs, AKs, Glocks, and so on. Their magazines are renowned for being just as reliable as the guns themselves. In actuality, the guns are reliable predominantly because their mags are so reliable. Any reliable semi-auto firearm design starts around a really well-designed magazine. If you start with a subpar magazine, 
or add a subpar magazine to an otherwise good design, you will no longer have a gun that is reliable. It's that simple. And as I mentioned above, magazines don't last forever, despite some misguided souls attempt to keep them for their natural lives. Dents, dings, loading and unloading cycles, and cycling inside the firearm all cause wear. The relationship and dimensions of the feed lips and the angle the loaded cartridges interact with them will start to change. The spring will start to wear out. The geometry of the body will be altered. Eventually, the magazine will start producing malfunctions. When this occurs, rather when we can decisively link a malfunction to a magazine and not the gun or ammunition, and spoiler, we always suspect the magazine first, if it's not obvious it was the others, we will forgive it exactly one time. Once, no more. On the second occurrence, it is hammer time. Hammer time? Save your obvious jokes. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about decommissioning the magazine and doing so in a spectacular way. Crushing the offending magazine. Destroying it. I use a big old mallet, but you can use your boot or any other tool you prefer. Then throw the offender in the trash can for its last tour of duty. What? Why? I'll tell you why. It is to prevent that unreliable magazine from making it back into your good rotation or worse, your social duty rotation of primo mags you keep loaded for bumps in the night or the end of the world. Rest assured, it will. If that does not happen, you can bet your bottom dollar some miserly or miserable range rat will come along and fish the offending magazine out of the trash can with the intention of using it as is, fixing it, or selling it. None of the above is acceptable. You cannot fix a bad magazine, no matter what anyone else says. Sure, they'll talk about tweaking the feed lips of an alloy or steel magazine with forearms and gauges, swapping out springs and followers, and all sorts of other pigeon religion. It is a losing game, friends. Once a mag is bad, even if you manage to tweak, cajole, and contort it back into functioning, it will be only a short period of time before it betrays you. Trash the thing and move on. And concerning our range rat's other nefarious ends, that is still not okay. I do not want to be the guy who let a known bad magazine cost someone else their life or the reason it wound up sold to someone who thought they were buying a good magazine. If you think that does not happen, go visit any gun show and get back to me. It is up to me to take that thing out of circulation and so I shall permanently. At any rate, if you are practicing the way you should, you'll go through magazines. It is just a fact of life. Even daily carry of magazines and dry fire practice will eventually shore up enough wear and tear that your mag quits on you. This is reason numero uno why we need spares. Now, as a quick aside, no matter how many mags you have, if it is two, ten, or a hundred, Mark them clearly with a paint pen so you can tell one from another. This is crucial for keeping track of what magazines might be causing trouble. If CY12 just coughed up another failure to feed, I can consult my logbook and, let's see, aha, a month ago, CY12 FTF AR15. That little booger, well, number 12, it has been a good run and I appreciate your service, but smash. You are the weakest link. Mark your mags. It can be any system that makes sense to you. I use my initials and a simple number to tell them apart from all the others, like mags on the range and at competitions. 
Some folks use other codes and leave room for annotations of age, number of malfunctions, or whatever. Just make sure you can tell your mags apart, all of them. Now, having multiple magazines is almost mandatory for any kind of volume training. Stuffing mags on the range wastes time, money, and training hours. Showing up with all your ammo loaded into magazines and ready to feed your guns saves time and aggravation. In classes, this is especially important so you can focus on listening, learning, and shooting, not stuffing loose rounds. You definitely don't want to be that guy holding up the line because you are working off of three magazines while everyone else has ten or more that they reload on breaks. Having plenty of spare magazines makes the most of your training time and budget. We will obviously call on spare magazines when we need to reload in a fight. Either a right now emergency reload or when we have an opportunity to top off the gun as a matter of good procedure. That is the reason we carry spare magazines in the first place, generally to keep ammo moving into the gun easily and quickly. But remember when I said that a dud or a cantankerous magazine is the leading cause of malfunctions in a semi-auto gun? Yeah, that is true and it really sucks if it happens in an honest-to-God gunfight or when you need to gun down some maniac charging you with a pitchfork coming for your last roll of TP and half case of spam. Should your gun seriously malfunction in a fight and you decide to remedy it, you might choose to dump the magazine entirely and insert a fresh one. There are plenty of opinions from professionals as to why and why not and under what circumstances you should do this versus simply reducing the malfunction and continuing on. But the bottom line is, should the magazine be the culprit in the first place, it really pays to have spares. No matter what occasion sees you changing magazines in your gun before, during, or after a fight, you may not always get an opportunity to pick the magazine up again. A lost magazine may be lost for good. Having a big, tall stack of spares to use lessens the loss. If I am enduring a crisis of indefinite duration and only have three mags, and wind up losing one, I'll be sweating. If I have two and lose one, I am really worried. Knowing I have 30 more in the Jeep or 10 in my pack give me the warm, fuzzy feelings. Magazines will be consumed, lost, and damaged in fights. You have better have replacements if you intend to weather a long-duration event. Now, face the facts. Standard magazine holding more than 5, 10, or however many rounds liberals deem evil, spoiler warning, any number of rounds, are always, always, always going to be the first thing on the chopping block at local, state, and federal levels when gun control gains steam. When this legislation is on the table and or incoming with force of law, two things will happen. The first is the supply of high-capacity magazines will evaporate overnight like a thimble of water on an active volcano, gone, poof. This means you will not have even a prayer's chance of getting any that you do not already have or have access to through a friend or partner. The second thing that will happen is the price of magazines still on the market, either dealer or private owner, will skyrocket by 10 times the going rate. If the average price of such mags during the Clinton assault weapon ban was anything to go by. So now, if you don't have magazines, you're in what the Russians would call tough poo-poo. You will either go without or pay exorbitant fees to obtain them. Conversely, if you do what I and every other smart cat in the gun sphere recites ad nauseum the rest of the time and buy them cheap and stack them deep, you can sit back, put your feet up, and relax 
as the rest of the plebes scramble like the last monkey trying to get on the ark as they frantically try to procure magazines of whatever is yet to come. This brings up another valuable point. Magazines are valuable. In civil times and rough times, magazines for common firearms, especially loaded, will be valuable commodities to those that are without them and have need of them. If you are sitting on a mountain of magazines, you can trade and barter with no fear of running your stocks too close to the bone. In the wake of a ban, you can be a proper capitalist if you choose and make a return of four or even ten times on what you paid for the magazines. I'm not saying you should, but it is the American way. A large surplus of magazines is a great hedge against legislation, shortage, and other socio-political occurrences. So how many mags should I have? The sky is the limit, really. As with all things, moderation is usually best. I know people that keep 100 AR magazines in the package in big plastic or metal bins just in case, or to hand out alongside their collections of compatible rifles in order to arm friends and neighbors in the gravest extreme. They don't take up that much room. I know folks that keep five plus one more as a backup. That seems pretty thin to me. My concerns are more practical. I used to keep 20 known good magazines on hand at all times for my social guns, rifles, and pistols. I use them often for work and training, and I dispose of a couple every year, it seems. Since the gun control issue has become a hot-button issue once more, I more than quadrupled that number to 100 mags for rifles and 50 for my handguns. This gives me comfort that I am future-proofed for some time against shortage or ban while also being able to use my magazines freely in training without babying them for fear of breakage. I would strenuously caution against having too few magazines. My absolute bare, and I mean bare minimum number of rifle or pistols would be five, as that gives me one in the gun, two spares, a beater training mag, and a backup or ready reserve mag if the SHTF. You want loaded mags ready to go when things look scary. You can have too many mags, I suppose, if you are out of room to keep them or you have no room to store other needed supplies. So I am guessing if you are sitting on a mountain of 10, tens of thousands of mags, you might have gone a little too far off the preserve. Don't let your love for gun goodies, even mags, derail you from other needed essentials. At the end of the day, if that little voice in your head is nagging you to buy more mags, listen to it. Now, magazines are one of the most essential components for semi-auto firearms and a must-have resource for preppers. Keeping a large surplus of magazines on hand will allow you to train more effectively, keep ammo ready to use in emergencies, and guard you against more bans and shortages that are sure to occur. Make sure you have a good supply of magazines for your primary weapons before things start to look grim. All right, guys, so it, I don't know if you remember all the whole issue with the Clinton and the bans and, and all of that kind of stuff. Things got really crazy back then. I remember, you, uh, I mean, some of you will, will remember uh, like 22 long rifle completely dried. I mean, actually, everything dried up, but th that was one of the things. 22 long rifle completely dried up. I remember going to a gun show and I, I actually took a picture and I put it up on Ed That Matters. I mean, this is a long, long time ago, right? But uh, they put it up, they had uh, the ammo there, and they had a price of $89 for a brick, right, of 22 long rifle. Normally, that would cost you like 25 bucks. And so all of a sudden, it jumped up to $89. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And so I had to take a picture of that. That was kind of crazy. 
But in times like that, the people that have, like he said in this article, were able just to kind of sit back, weather the storm, things got a little bit better. Now, I remember there is uh, one guy that I used to watch a little bit more often. I haven't really watched him recently. But uh, James Yeager, a lot of people don't like him because he seems like he's a little too extreme. Um, I think actually he got banned off of uh, off of YouTube. So I don't know if he started in another channel or whatever. But I remember him saying something that made a lot of sense for me. And I, I can't remember exactly when. I think it was right after the ban and, and things started to settle back down again. But he said, firearms are never going to be as cheap as they are right now. And so if you think about it, you know, back then you could go buy, you know, whatever, an AR-15 or, or whatever for a certain amount of price. That same AR-15 now is going to be a little bit more expensive. Now, I know prices fluctuate and all of that kind of stuff. But as things, think about it, as things start getting crazier out there, as things start happening with, you know, shootings and in, in the you know the whatever politicians will start decrying firearms and gun control and and just that can start making the the market out there kind of wishy-washy you don't want to you don't want to wait to the last minute to do all this kind of stuff if you are looking into this so if you're in the market for a firearm and you haven't purchased one now's the time to do it if you have a firearm and maybe you don't have uh, a lot of ammo, maybe now is a little bit more, or now's the time to, to get a little bit more. I know people say you want to have a thousand rounds of ammo. Some people say you want to have 10,000 rounds of ammo. You know, if you buy a little bit at a time, it's not really hard to stack up ammo. I know, you know, people might be in like a financial crunch and stuff like that. But if you buy just a little bit at a time, you'll quickly, you know, add to your stock but, uh, you know, now now would be the time to do it where you can walk into most stores, uh, more, most uh, sporting goods stores and buy the ammo that you want. If things started getting out of uh, control, you know, and again, something happened and like the shooting that happened this week in the high school and, and people, politicians start, you know, ramping up the gun control stuff. Those kinds of things can start flying off the shelf really quickly. And you might have always had in the back of your head, okay, I got to go. I got to stop. I got to go get some more mags. I got to go get some more ammo. I got to do this. I got to do that. And you always kind of put it off. And then there you go. And and then you're kicking yourself because you, you didn't go and take a little bit of time to go and invest in some uh, some magazines or some ammo or whatever. But this might be with how things are crazy. If you are someone that just hasn't really looked at a firearm in a while, or maybe you're like, I don't really know if I need that. Maybe you should think about it. Maybe you should think about calling up, uh, you know, a gun range and say, Hey, do you have some, an instructor that, that I can pay to take me out on the range and I can shoot a couple of guns. I don't have any guns, but can they bring guns? If I pay for the ammo, you know, what would that cost me? And, and just go see what it's like. See how comfortable you are. Let them give you some pointers. It would be a great investment in that before you go spend a whole lot of money on a firearm, right? So the worst thing, and I know that I've said this before, is you go out to the sporting goods or you go out to a gun shop and you buy a nice little cute handgun because it's small and nice and cute and compact. 
and then you go and you get some ammo, you go to the gun range and you load it up and you shoot it one time and it just has so much recoil or after you shoot it, it freaks you out so much that you never do anything with it again. And that would be that would be a real big shame. And I know people that have gone that route. And that's why I say if you haven't shot a gun before and you're not sure, call up a gun, uh, a gun range and say, or, you know, hey, I am new to firearms. I'm looking for an instructor that has some firearms that will let me test out a few different ones. Give me some pointers to see what kind of gun I really want to buy. Is there anybody? Do you have anybody that can do that? I'll purchase the ammo. Right. And kind of go from there. And then think about how many magazines you have and think about how uh, how this makes a big difference, right? I'm listening to an audio book right now and you know they're in the situation where they can't go to the store anymore. And so whatever they have, they have. And one of the gentlemen that is that was talking, one of the characters was saying, I wish I would have done this, you know, before, right? I wish I would have thought about this. I wish I would have purchased this. And you never want to get in that situation, especially when they're plentiful right now and they're relatively cheap. You can go and you can stock up. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this article. Remember, like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes so you can come over to Survival Sullivan. You can click on some of the links. You can read the comments because people left comments here on this one and uh, interact with it a little bit more. And, and you might want to read it just a, you know, a little bit slower and process some of this stuff for yourself. Uh, because when we start talking about firearms, we're talking about defense and we're, or self-defense, and we're talking about protecting our families. And that just, you know, when you when you add that, you know, aspect to it, you're taking it to a whole nother level. It's not just a hobby, right? It's not just something fun that I go, you know, shoot off rounds. You start thinking that way. So anyway, there you go, guys. Remember, I'm going to link to it in the show notes, like always. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 568. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can search for the Prepper Website Podcast in your podcast catcher, and you can subscribe that way. And when you do that, you'll never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. Hey, and take a moment to connect with me. I have a link in the show notes so that you can join the Prepper Website email list and receive communication from me. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.